Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Dave Wanstead, Bears head coach for six seasons. The Bears. The Bears. Super Bowl champion. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! He has the greatest mustache you've ever seen. Some say it's a symptom of manliness. Others a cause. The mustache. Wanny hanging out with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Open up the door. It's Dave. Who? Dave. D-A-V-E. Dustin, I, we're not going to waste airtime on that, okay? Thank Next, you. Question. Thank you. Next question. Thank, thank Next you question. Next question. Dave Wunstead. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Always a delight to talk to Coach Wunstead, and he joins us as all guests do on the score hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Dave, good morning. How you holding up? I'm doing good. You know where I was at this past weekend for Bear fans? They may remember uh, Chris Valero, the it's, offensive yeah, lineman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, I drafted him about fifth round. He played, I think, 11 years. He went to two Pro Bowls. He is the head coach at St. Francis University outside of Pittsburgh. Oh, really? And uh, I think it's a Division three school. And uh, he... Um, uh, they went undefeated in the conference play. He's wow. really built a great program up there. And uh, so he, uh, he's he been asking me to come up and, you know, do something at their football banquet and so forth. So I flew into Pittsburgh and uh, it's about, a, like I said, an hour outside. My man, Tony Wise, picked me up and uh, we went up and, and spent some time with Chris and, and hung out and had a great time. Wasn't he on a line with uh, Rex Tucker? And obviously Olin. And well, well, he was Olin, Big Cat, Todd Perry, and who was the other tackle? Let me think. Uh, but yeah, no, he was. Uh, he's very close. He talks to Olin and Big Cat and Pat Manley all the time. So that that group was a, a close knit group, and they were together for for a while. Yeah, that's great. That was uh, that was a really good group, and uh, <clears throat> I, I guess Dave, we look at the the Super Bowl, and you can't help but look at the line of scrimmage. And you know, we were talking about it earlier. the The Bears have two guys. They got obviously Ryan Poles coming out of Kansas City, and they have uh, Ian Cunningham, his number one, coming out of Philadelphia. And you look at the two teams in the Super Bowl, and and you know, obviously. They can win on the line of scrimmage. Very important element of uh, NFL football. Yeah, you know, I, I think the the biggest – yes, I agree with you. I mean, this will be a game where there's probably been more 
uh, you know, you talk about the Pro Bowl players on on the Philadelphia's offensive line. Uh, God, I've been watching some tape. I mean, I I did not realize that Kelsey, the center for the Eagles, was such an athlete. I mean, if you leave him uncovered uh, and you give him a chance to pull and, and get out there, I mean, he's he is as effective on some of these blocks as a fullback. The guy's a great player. It's obviously he's a full Pro Bowl player. But I, I think the other side, the, the matchup is going to be, you know, Chris Jones, the defensive lineman for the Chiefs, is arguably had the best year, you know, the, his best defensive lineman maybe in football this year. I think he led, you know, the NFL in sacks, and he's just a force doing everything. Well, the two guards, Dickerson and Driscoll, the two guards for the Eagles, I mean, that will be a real interesting matchup. That Because uh, if, if they can contain him and keep him from being disrupt, disruptive, then obviously their running game, uh, you know, running game will have a real good chance. Hey, Dave, as you're watching tape of the Eagles, how many times do you see Lane Johnson jumping early to get out of his stance to start pass blocking? He has mastered <laughs> the art of getting an early jump. At, the, at times it looks like it's a legal procedure. Yeah, you think it has anything to do like the Michael, I call it the Michael Jordan syndrome of Colin Fowles and the Tom Brady syndrome of roughing the passer. You know, I mean, everybody in the league knows. I mean, you're right, David. He does. He does a fantastic job, but, you know, you're, you're, he's, officials are probably less inclined to throw a flag. I hate to say it on Lane Johnson than on some rookie somewhere, but uh, no, he knows what he has to do. And that's what these veterans understand. They, they know, and I was around a lot of guys that when their, when their athletic skills start, you know, dissipate, when they start going down, when, when they start losing that edge, they're smart enough to understand what they have to do to offset that. And I think that that's what, why Lane Johnson is such a great player is he knows that if, he's, if he gets off on a time and waits and he's, or he's late, that, uh, you know, he's dealing with some injuries that he won't be as effective. So these these veterans, they are crafty. They take advantage of everything that they possibly can, and that's why they're pros. They should do that. Yeah, it is It is really something um, special to kind of look at these teams and, and contemplate how they're created and, and wonder uh, where their, you know, where their weakness is. Uh, you know, Lane Johnson – is he not carrying an injury? Isn't he kind of yes. like yes. there's a lot of guys that are kind of playing pretty banged up and will need resolution to that, but that they're still, you know, able to be uh, Lane Johnson's still a dominant player. I mean, you start looking at the best players in the game and, and, you know, he's in the, he's in the, the photo. I, he's a hell of a player and, you know, maybe the best players, are on Kansas City. I don't know. Maybe you you look at it and you say Mahomes is the best player in the game, followed by Travis Kelsey, and uh, and you wonder where a guy like uh, Chris Jones would stand against the numbers that they can put up on on the Philadelphia side. I I think that um, it, it's real. If you were just rating players, um, you you would have to say that. Uh, that the front line talent of Kansas City is as good as anything you got it Philly, but Hassan Reddick is proven to be kind of a game wrecker in the playoffs here and has had an unbelievable season. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I think Kansas City, 
because they've been there before and Mahomes and you mentioned Kelsey. I mean, they've, they've got some guys, you know, that, are, that Chris Jones that are, are more of a household name and, and more, have more familiarity as far as media attention than maybe what Philadelphia does because, you know, first time getting there. But I, I don't, uh, I don't know, Molly. I, I, I like, I think this whole thing is going to come down. You know, usually you say, is it first down? Is it third down? What's going to win the game? When I look at this matchup, I think the key to Philadelphia's offense, while we're talking Lane Johnson and and their offense, is is really first down because uh, they're first in the NFL in third down conversions when it's manageable. Why is that? Because they, they present the run pass option with the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. That puts a lot of stress on the defense. But when they get backed up, all of a sudden you look at Kansas City's defense, and they're number one pass defense. I mean, they are number one. So if if Philadelphia gets himself in third down and sevens and third down and eights, advantage big time, I think, swings to, to Kansas City's defense versus Philadelphia's offense. Dave, uh, we – that, that's a great point. The first down, because of Jalen Hurts, so important. He's run the ball 165 times this year. We talk in yep. Chicago all the time about sustainability of Justin Fields running, and J- Jalen Hurts carried the ball five more times than Justin Fields did this year. Are they worried about his durability moving forward? You know what? Sure. I mean, why? why I'm, I'm sure he is and his agent is and his family, but at the end of the day, you know, you you got, and I remember John Robinson. You know, we we were, had a conversation when Eric Dickerson was playing for the Rams, and we were at University of Miami, and we went out there. I had worked with North Turner at USC, so we were out there visiting the Rams, and and Jimmy was standing there. We were all talking about Eric Dickerson, the number of carries and so forth, and John Robinson, who had Marcus Allen and Anthony Davis, and on and on. You know, at USC. He, he said to Jimmy, he says, you know, when you get a great player that does some things that you don't coach, that are just phenomenal, you, you have to maximize that. This league is too short, uh, you know, coaching players, everything else. You have to maximize what this player can do as much as he can do it and not worry about three years from now. So I look at Jalen Hurts. I look at Justin Fields in the same light, guys. And say, you know what? Whatever we got to do to to get the most out of Justin Fields to get to the Super Bowl, and because deep down that's what Justin wants, that's what he wants, and and everyone's going to talk. Oh, we want to be healthy and we want to save it for three years down the road. Well, you know, I, I don't I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. And and maybe it's a little bit selfish on my part to to win a Super Bowl and try to win it now. But uh, I I think that's the way you got to go with these great players. I really do. All right, Dave, we're going we're gonna to take a quick timeout. We'll come back, and we'll uh, continue the discussion with Coach Wanstead. It's Mully and Hall at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. Dave Wanstead hanging out with Mully and Haw on 670 the score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. We're going to continue the conversation with Coach Wanstead. He is... Joining us, as always, all guests do on the score. Hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. And, Dave, we've had a conversation most of the week trying to, last week, whatever, trying to figure out how important the head coach is 
to these Super Bowl teams. And usually when we look at the head coaches in Super Bowls, you know, Bill Belichick won a ton of them. Obviously, he was with Bill Parcells. You won Super Bowls. Jimmy Johnson is a guy that everybody knows and thinks of. And and Dallas, Tom Landry. I mean, it's just, does Nick Sirianni, you know, all of these things are a lot like the others, but maybe one of these things just doesn't belong. You know, his his introductory news conference, and he joked about it yesterday, one of the worst things I've ever heard, but what's he do how is it about him or the team they've built or you know are we not giving him enough respect for the games that he's won this year you know what molly i felt the same way that you did and i think most of the public did after his uh you know opening head coach first press conference i mean it was it was terrible but i'll tell you what so i started following him close and i've never met him when he did his first year, I think the guy gets it. And, and let's go back. Do you remember when the season started? I don't have the, the numbers in front of me, but they were struggling early in the year. And every, and the perception was that you know Jalen Hurts, you can't drop back and throw the ball, and they're not going to survive, and he'll be fired. And what we saw in his press conference is what he is. Well, oh, I don't know, five, six games into the season, they went to this total quarterback run. It was like an old Oklahoma wishbone run the ball offense. And they were running the ball at 1.65% of the time. By far the most of any team in the NFL. It helped their defense. It helped the turnovers. And as a result, they start winning games. And then it evolved as Jalen Hurts. You know, they got better players, A.J. Brown and them. So I, I give him a lot of credit. I think early on he made a drastic decision, drastic, to say this is what gives us the best chance to win, and we're going to do it. It's not NFL conventional, but I don't really care. And I think you got to give the coach credit for that. Why is that so hard for head coaches to do, Dave, when you find examples? And we, we, you know, we deal with that here in Chicago as well, where you're talking about going from Matt Nagy to – uh, you know, Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze and the way they changed their philosophy midseason almost or during the mini-buy to embrace the skill set. You're referencing how the Eagles have done that. I mean, with that roster, it's not that hard to do from the outside looking in, but why is it so hard for head coaches to abandon maybe their initial scheme and embrace the idea that let the skill dictate what you do? Well, I think internally, uh, you know, you, you, you have to you, you have to – have a strong enough belief to tell your owner what you're doing, tell your general manager what you're doing. You have to be able to face the media, social media, what you're doing. I mean, all these internal pressures. And then on top of it, the players, there's not a quarterback in the league that doesn't want to be Tom Brady, you know, and drop back and, and, and throw the football 40 times a game or whatever. There's not one in the league. I don't care if you're Lamar Jackson. That's what they're looking to do down there with him. They want to make him more of a passer. So I think that, uh, uh, you know, between the players, the media, the front office, I mean, the, the coach has really got to be strong-minded and really have a conviction to do it. Uh, and most of them, it, there, there's a roadblock set up at one of those different channels, and it never really completely changes the way it should, and, and therefore they, they're not successful. 
Dave, we, we've seen these coaching mismatches or apparent coaching mismatches before in Super Bowls. And, you know, I, I, I don't know where you stand on Andy Reid. He's been at it so long. He's been so successful. You look at him and you think, you know, uh, Andy has got it together and knows what he's doing. I, I just don't know that, that, you know, you look at the Eagles and you think the depth of what they have. They've got like two teams coming at you on the defensive line. They've got two teams coming at you in the secondary. They they have like a lot of healthy bodies and they look like, you know, here's hoping the quarterback's okay, but they look like they are the healthier team coming into this with the same 22 guys that started the season available to them to start the Super Bowl. Yeah, two points on that, Molly, and, and they're valid points. The first thing is Patrick Mahomes was blitzed uh, Cincinnati blitzed him 10 times checking his ankle lock, okay, in, in the AFC championship game. And he completed eight of the 10, one of them for a touchdown. So, I, I you know, I, I don't see the Eagles changing much, and I don't know how bad that injury or if it's even going to affect Mahomes. Now, here's the point that I'd like to make to our, our, our listeners. I think you're not going to see Andy Reid do anything drastically different on offense. You're not going to see, you know, the the Eagles, Sirianni, and his crew do anything different from a coaching standpoint. I think the Super Bowls, the Bill Belichick's, and I, and I know from our standpoint, the one I was involved with, the preparation, it's all about being able to keep your team focused and and, and be able to get the work done. You're going to have – new things that uh, that you're going to add. Each team will, on offense and defense. You get that done at home. How much are you practicing at home? Uh, you deal with the tickets and the families. Can you get all that stuff done early and put aside so you can focus on football? What's going to be your routine at home? And then once you get out there, you have your responsibilities. But, but then it, it's all, you know, you have to pull things in. It's very difficult for the coaches and players to enjoy this moment if you're if you're taking part in it, you know, be, because if you do, you could get off track a little bit, and it could mean the difference in not having as good a meeting, not having as good a practice, and in the end result, you don't go out and perform at the level you're capable of. So I'm going to give Belichick, you know, credit for nobody prepared his team better than Belichick and when to have pads on and when not to and how much to meet and, and, and what they did routine wise so i think you know andy reed's got it down whether it's from mike holmgren or whatever i don't know bill walsh but the preparation for a super bowl to me is more important than the actual play calling in the game great point dave you know we heard from nick sirianni yesterday talk about being on the chief staff when andy reed took the job and not being retained so he used that as a motivation he referred to it as a chip on his shoulder every coach might have an example like that that fuels them. Maybe it's a rejection. Maybe it's a getting fired. Whatever the case may be. Do you have a situation like that in your past? Did you have a, a moment, a, a pivot point in your career where because of you didn't get a job or because somebody told you one thing and motivated you to do another and you really took off from there? Because it seems as if that was an important moment in Nick Sirianni's career. And look what, look what happened after that. He is now coaching a team in the Super Bowl. Well, you know, I interviewed for the Steeler job and didn't get it. You know, that, that, but that wasn't – I think the biggest thing with us, and I think it was a group thing, 
I think players and coaches, when we went to that first Super Bowl at Dallas, you know, we were only out of college football four years, guys. And we were still, you know, they, they were calling the defense that I ran, the college 4-3. Uh, you know, there was that, uh, you know, there was that mentality around the NFL that, that we were the college guys and we, and, and, and we weren't there yet. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't do what these veteran NFL coaches were doing. And our players, we were the youngest team in the NFL. So we were, maybe it was being naive, David. You know, maybe we were just naive to the situation. But I think it was a little bit of we're college players, we're college coaches. And, and damn it, you know, we've all won championships in college. And we know this stuff works. Let's go show these people. You know, um, I just, I wonder about when you start talking about availability of players for the Chiefs, their receiving core is really beaten up, Dave. So obviously they got the they got the great tight end and and he's going to play no matter what. But uh, Juju Smith Schuster was listed as uh, questionable last week. I don't know what tomorrow will bring us. Kadarius Tony couldn't even practice last week. Uh, I think they've they've got uh, different issues with those guys, and they had to take Hardman and put him on IR. So they're going to be. Down a couple of receivers. They've had to put a couple of guys on IR over the last couple of weeks. And we just don't – I mean, you guys will do anything to play in a Super Bowl. I understand it. But how how worried should they be if they can't get their main pieces together in that offense? Yeah, I think it's a – I think that could be the biggest – a huge advantage, yeah. obviously, for Philadelphia. Not just because of the injury. That's part of it, Molly. But – Think about this. You know, the Eagles obviously led the NFL in sacks. So 70 regular season sacks, okay? Uh, that, that, now, with that being said, 60 of those came with four-man or three-man rush. So what does that tell me? That tells me that the Eagles secondary, you can do whatever you want back there because you're only going to rush. They're only going to come after Patrick Mahomes with four guys. I promise you that. Every once in a while, they may bring an extra guy, but they are a four-man rush team. What does that do? It gives you seven guys to defend the pass, and you can double players. You can play man on one side and zone on the other. You can make it look like a two-deep and roll down and play a one-deep. I mean, you can do all these disguise factors and double coverages and everything that you want to do that you can draw up. You have the capabilities of doing that, when you don't have to rush extra guys. So I think that um, I think that's a big advantage for Philadelphia. I, I truly do, as long as they can take care of the run with their front seven. That's the key. And, and Kansas City, you know, from running the football, I love Pacheco. I mean, he, I wouldn't want to tackle him. He's, he's, he's one of those tough runners that every time he gets the ball. But, but Kansas City, you know, it, it's about their passing game. So I truly believe that those front guys will be able to slow down the run well enough, and they'll be able to do a lot of creative things from a coverage standpoint against those receivers that are a little bit banged up and a little bit new from Kansas City. Well, Travis Kelsey seems to be healthy, so defensive guru. With your college defense, how would you attack Travis Kelsey in terms of doubling him, finding ways to make sure that he's not wide open as he so often appears to be? I, it's a, it's the most amazing thing, Dave. Every time you see the Chiefs' offense, he seems to find a way to make himself open. How do you combat that if you're the Eagles? Well, they, 
you know, obviously you can hit him at the line of scrimmage. I would do a little bit of everything. I, I would always have somebody on top of him. But I think the real key with Kelsey is when Mahomes is extending plays, guys, when he starts moving a little bit, and I'm not talking about scrambling, but when he just starts moving to avoid the rush, which he's going to do to the right, to the left, the first guy he's looking for is Kelsey. And Kelsey, you know, he is such a good athlete. God, you know, the guy was a quarterback. We know that, we know that story. I mean, he can run. So all he does, I would be doing, we call it plaster. I would be doing some movement scramble drills in practice. And really, whoever is in Kelsey's zone, or if you got a man, that's the guy you got to stay with. You cannot worry about Patrick Mahomes scrambling. If Mahomes wants to scramble for 50 yards in this game, let him run. That's what I would tell him. But we cannot come out of coverage and take our eyes off of Kelsey and, and give him the easy throw because he, he takes those eight-yard completions into 18 yards. That's the difference, too. He's, his yards after the catch are, are as good as anybody in the NFL. This is a little under the radar maybe, Dave, but when you watch Philadelphia in short yardage, they've got this like football scrum thing that they can do, and maybe it's because Jason Kelsey can get so low and low pads win in short yardage. Maybe it's Hurts, whatever his skill is, but I, I, I often wonder when I watch them on a fourth and one, I often wonder why more teams can't do that because – they, it's like it's almost like you're watching a rugby match. It's the ma- It's amazing to see the way they do this weird. It like it reminds me of the Roman Empire. You know, yeah, we're, we're yeah. going to load up and march down, and no one can get near us. <laughs> that that's all it is, really. I mean, it's a bunch of pushing. But what they have going for them is Jalen Hurts is not that tall, but keep it so he can get down underneath and behind his lineman. He's not six six and awkward so he can get down underneath and keep in mind Jalen Hurts guys they say he squats close to 600 pounds yeah yeah he is a powerful man and and everything on those sneaks is just you know instinctive finding a soft spot and having good blocking yes but it's also just leg drive it's all about the leg drive and there's not a stronger quarterback as far as legs uh, strength in the NFL and, and so Jalen Hurts is able to keep his legs moving, and with a little bit of push from behind and a little bit of push in front, you know, he's going to get you a yard or two. All right, Dave, so you've done your homework. You've got the research. Who are you picking? I'm taking Philadelphia because I think with the four-man rush, uh, I, I would play a shell coverage, and I would work on plastering for Mahomes moving around. But they're going to move. They're, they're going to get pressure on Mahomes. There's not a doubt about it. He's going to be on the move a little bit, and now it's a matter of staying in coverage on the deep end. But but it comes down to this, guys. Two things. Watch this in the game. One, first down with Philadelphia. That If they're successful on first down, then they're the best in the business on third down because it's run-pass option. The second thing is watch Kansas City's big down is third down. It don't make any difference really what Kansas City does on first down, second down, because third and eight to Patrick Mahomes or third and five, it's all the same. He's going to drop back and move around and try to find an open guy. So, so don't give up a big play. Uh, and then let me, let me I, I got to shut up on this thing. What do you have to do to stop the running game for the Eagles? When the quarterback's a runner, they got you outnumbered, you got to get an extra guy in the box. Kansas City will run cover one 
In other words, they're going to bring the safety down and they're going to play one-on-one to get that extra defender in the box for the quarterback run. That's smart. They're going to need a safety to help on the run. But when you go to that, that leaves your corners one-on-one. And so now I think this, I think it's going to be Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Those guys are going to be single-covered out there because Kansas City is going to be bringing the safety down. And when they bring the safety down and those receivers are one-on-one, they're going to get open because of their ability and speed. Now, Jalen Hurts, I think he's going to have a chance to complete some big passes. Great stuff, Dave. Thank you. Always a joy to catch up with you. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Okay, guys. That is Dave Wanstead. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.